This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Bobble podcast, with your host Mark and myself, Paul. Joining us tonight, we have Terence, Terence 161 from our former page to the podcast, www.celticromans.co.uk. You can also check out all our links to the podcast in the description below. On today's show, we'll take a look at yesterday's 3-2 victory over Dundee at Celtic Park with match analysis and match reaction from the lads. We look at the role of Callum McGregor and what benefits does it actually bring to Celtic when he's sitting in the deep role. I look ahead to the second leg of Bobo Glimis and we will discuss the 3-1 defeat of the first leg last Thursday and discuss what went wrong and what Anne should do for the second leg going forward. We are also looking through the live shots as the show goes on so if there's anything you wish for us to do or discuss please let us know and we'll discuss it. Firstly though I'll hand off to Mark for the usual shout outs and he'll bring Terence onto the show. Right, thanks very much, Paul. Uh, quick shout-outs to usual suspects, Tim Alloy, Rich and his family, uh, <coughs> the lads in the live chat, Bobby Sutherland, Stubbsy, the Jabra Jobbies. <laughs> it's, that's still every time, I, every mm-hmm. time I need to say that out loud, man, it just it buckles me, so it does. Uh, a wee special shout-out to a couple of people. Uh, I was away yesterday, do you know, Paul, with mm-hmm. JFP and his wife. Uh, <coughs> it took me... I spent a mass, it's called the Shosen Start, a wee kind of retreat away to see where Celtic's training ground is. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just next to that. And honestly, man, JFP and his wife Eileen, absolutely lovely couple, man. Uh, you know what I'm like, Paul, meeting, you know what I mean, mixing with people oh, and that. Yeah, a great, yeah. Honestly, a great day, pure lovely people. And I was made me really, really welcome. And I also got to meet Jampsy Boy. And, oh, Paul, you might see the size of this boy. <laughs> I swear to God, man. I, I, I thought I thought Campsy was like a wee bit, maybe an older guy in that. So I'm like looking about thinking who it could be when I went in. Didn't see it. And I saw one guy and I thought, is that maybe him? And then it ended as pure man. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot two pounds. Still no bad bulk, but this man mountain came out of me. And, oh, are you Mark? And I was like, aye. Campsy boy, I, 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 quite a young guy. seemed maybe about the same age as John United Island, that age group. Bang on as well, honestly, a really lovely guy, and as I said, JFP and his wife, Eileen, but I really, can't, I can't say much, it gave me a great day, I really, <coughs> really enjoyed it, but as you know with me, Paul, there's always a catch, and I, I put my foot in it, as usual, you can't take me anywhere, I didn't know Eileen was, brother Eileen was his wife or his daughter, so I had to ask her when we get into the place, you know, <laughs> and I, don't, I, don't, I think she was quite flattered, but I don't think JFP was too impressed when she told her later on. But that's it, eh? Hey, you know, I know, man. I, put, I know. Jack, Jack says the same thing. Eh? Hey, 
We lost a sub again, Paul. I don't know who it is. See when I find out who it keeps going between 529 and 530, I'm just going to rip their arms off and beat mm-hmm. them up with them because they're starting to pee me off a bit. We send, we, we send Kansky, I know we know. I will, I, he's my new backup. Anybody mm-hmm. hassles me, I'll be on the phone to him and that. I'll come through here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you're, not, uh, if you're not subscribed, please do help us share the pod. And, uh, if you remember, hit the like button and if you know how, please leave a comment. Hail, hail, trips. I'm going to get Terrence on, Paul so Wright. Celtic, so Celtic 3, Dundee 2, Gia Marcus being the main man for Celtic, netting his first hatchet for the hoops. Scoring on the 34 minutes after Dundee had taken the lead. He took it, he got his second uh, on the 26th minutes. Uh, Celtic looked into the second half, looking to capitalise uh, a 2-1 lead. But it was the same old Celtic in the second half, leading their second goal to a second set piece. And rang in the changes, taking off Mida, Hiasse, and O'Reilly, bringing on Beaton, pushing McGregor into a more forward role, bringing Roderick and uh, settling into O'Reilly's position, and bringing a batter onto the left and putting Yasser into his more favourable position on the right. The team looked, looked more settled until these changes and they kept pressing to take the lead. Scott late again seems to be the way of Celtic lately. The uh, batter played well to, to pass through to Valson who played a fine cross and Gia Marcus getting ahead of his defender did get his hatchet on the 86th minute. Celtic had on to get a 3-2 lead and extend their lead at the top of the table to three points after Rangers dropped points. In the early kickoff with Dundee United, the shots the Celtic 19 shots to Dundee's four on target. They had five to Dundee two possession 82 percent and 18 percent to Dundee United. Dundee side Dundee passes 194 to Dundee's 190. 90 percent axing up in a pass accuracy. Uh, Terence, welcome to the show again, Terence. I think a win's a win, but uh, Mark didn't see the game but I was only could have saw through highlights but it's not the same Celtic we see kind of just after the the, the, the winter break comes in January it seems to be kind of a different Celtic we're seeing at the moment isn't it? It, it is indeed Mark it is indeed Paul Green and Lance are all the well um, yes the strange one Paul is that Celtic have been so again we, we, we seem to be a different team. Like, they don't have the other game. Terms, terms. Yeah. Give me two minutes, bud. I'm going to hang up and then connect with you again because you're off the crackly, right? Okay, okay. Right, is that better? Yeah, are you there now, Terms? Yeah, is that any better? Oh, that's a million times better for me anyway, Terms. Aye, that sounds fine, aye. Okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, um, just, I just think, Paul, since the second half of the Aberdeen game, Celtic have been a different side. I mean, they were, and it just did, we just kind of 
I don't know, they're strugg- they seem to be struggling. Even players who weren't struggling seem to be struggling. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's the result which is the main thing yesterday, but my God, it was a... Uh, it was hard fought and you know at the end of the day once the Rangers got points it was vital that Celtic won and thankfully they did mm-hmm. well, I was looking uh, through the the kind of match analysts after the game through the different sites and stuff like that and one thing that came to notice me is that we were targeted on the left hand side uh, yesterday through their goal kicks and their free kicks in um in the wrong the road area, they they clearly targeted uh, the left hand side of Hiate and um, and uh, Jovanovic basically because they'd, they'd be the smallest players on on the team for, uh, in our defensive kind of a role. And I'm I'm going to the point again, Mark, in that and clearly should know by now that teams like Dundee United, Saint Mirren. The bottom league teams, Mark, are going to depend on Dundee. Teams. Yeah, Dundee. Like by Dundee United as well, Mark. You know, I mean, these teams are looking for points. Any, te- oh, any team, that, you know, uh, that they're going to be looking for set pieces uh, at centre because they know it's a weak point, and if they want to get a point off centre, they're going to target that. And I'm bringing back to the point, Mark. We spoke about with Terence on the thing, like how and doesn't see the benefits of having scales in and around that, in and around his defence when when he knows teams are going to be lobbing the ball in high and high and stuff like that. Like it was, it was clear yesterday that that was their main chance of a goal. Uh, two set pieces, Mark, and to be honest, they were bad set pieces. I thought uh, Starfelt and Vickers didn't have their best of games together. Uh, and it was a game for Starfield, are we, are we even Julian, Mark? Or, you know, it was definitely a game for Starfield, then, considering how, how, how tall he is, Mark. You know? I've said it before, Paul. I think Skill should be getting a run of games. Because I think he's a good enough player as well, Paul. And as you're saying, he adds, he adds a good bit of height to the team. Mm-hmm. And the set pieces, it's. Um, as you're saying, Paul, all these like so-called like smaller teams, that, that's like, they'll be saying this is a way we can, we can like, kind of capitalise against Celtic. But Paul, even your set pieces at the other end are awful. Mm-hmm, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's just... There's no points. Aye, but no, it's, I don't know what that is, Paul. We can't seem to defend set pieces and we can't seem to use them to our advantage. I mean, we're saying that teams like Dundee and St. Martin will, be, will find a twig going to this and come at us like that. But Celtic, every team in the world should be looking at how to capitalise on like their, their offensive kind of set pieces. You know, I mean, even great teams through the ages like Barcelona and all these great teams through the ages, Paul, they've all had good. They've all been able to good, have their own good set pieces, and we just don't seem to be able to come up with any kind of system that mm-hmm. allows us to gain anything for it. And at the back, I've, I get Paul. I've said it to you, my, even in my wee blethers off off the podcast. Now, Joe Hart needs to come out and command his box a lot better. That's mm-hmm. my only kind of gripe with Joe Hart. I don't think he's. I don't know whether he. I, I no one to say he's not get the bottle for it, but if your goalkeeper comes out, he's either nine times out of ten he's either going to get the ball or he's going to get a foul. Do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? That's the kind of way you modern football. And that, but I think Joe Hart's keep. We'll put all the blame on him. Obviously, as he says, Starfield and 
visitors didn't have the best their best of games but Joe Hart's got to kind of take some of the responsibility in my opinion for just no command in his area as well when these balls are coming into the box like if you look at the the Abel Jews yesterday of course Celtic go ahead of him like but uh, we won we won 48 but Dundee also won 39 and that was the most a team has ever won Abel Jews against us man you know so they clearly saw like that was the, it was Mark McGee's game plan Mark like I presume he's been out of football he's probably watched Celtic games and uh, and stuff like that he knew exactly how to come at us? How how to come at us and, and and what a what a weak weak spot that was like. And it's not just yesterday's game, Mark. We we we've saw over last season like we 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 saw our defence getting better with Vickers and uh, and Starfield, but same mistakes are are starting to to, to, to creep in again that we've done over the years at Celtic. Like we don't seem to be. To be learning, and uh, but, and that's the that's the strange thing as well, Paul. Because this is it's not just a problem under Ange; it was a problem under Lennon. And if you think back as well, Paul, it was a bit of a problem under Brendan Rodgers as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put I put it there. I go to Terence Foss and, and then I come to you, Marcus. I was thinking of it today, and my question is: just, I'm just putting this out there. Like, is is it because? We have the same coaching staff there as John Kennedy, Steve Woods, Mac Manus is kind of new, but he's been in and around the Celtic squad as well for the last couple of seasons. And if Terence Ange brought in a new member of staff, they're going to, you know, and just into the coaching team, like I'm, I'm working in sales now for 16 years, and I go into shops. And I'm in shops, we say, once every two weeks. And I'm seeing the same layout of shops every two weeks, Terence, you know. But if my manager comes down, he points something else out. Well, Terence got disconnected, Mark. Oh, yeah, has he? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get him back on now, yeah. There, Terence? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. So, Terence, I was just saying there that with, with the set pieces, and what, what we seem to be conceding the same goals as, as last season and, and kind of before that. And is it down to kind of our existing coaches staff being there, the likes of John Kennedy, Steve Woods, Mac Manus, and there, there's a few other few that are in part of the coach team. And I've been working in sales for 16 years and I go into shops every two weeks and I'm staying the same layout of the shops but if my manager comes down to me he points something out that I didn't see and my point is that if Ange brought in not necessarily people are saying we need a defensive coach like I don't know so you're the John, you're the John Kennedy the firm then Paul yeah but I hear like, no see <laughs> yeah I'm not seeing like no wise coming into the, the coaches that from not not within Celtic like because they're in the system like but outside Celtic like for for Ange to bring in like and maybe he sees that we're doing wrong that maybe our, our coaching staff kind of don't see or something. Do you get me? You know? Yeah. But the thing about it is Paul we're probably worse offensively than we are defensively. We don't score hitters. We've I can't tell you when we scored a hitter mm-hmm. 
I mean, but well, yeah, when, when Barry's on, even Barry talks about it, they were told, you're, at set pieces and corners, that, that you're picking up X player. So they knew, but, so they, do you get what I mean? That's like a few years ago now, but why Why did it change? When did it actually change to go to this man? That, like, the keeper was Barcelona. And then, and then it's terms to saying, I know I'm not putting people in the post. For me, that's kind of, but for me, that's like a schoolboy kind of, yeah. aye, it's one of the first kind of things you kind of learn if you're a defender. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you said there, Mark, and I've said it here before as well. I have yet to see space score a goal. Mm-hmm. I've seen loads of men score a goal. I've yet to see space score a goal. Ah, you're a, that's what I've seen, or a bit a, a, a grass. And, 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 aye. Mark, what do you think, what, what we were just saying there, like, with, with Terence, like, it, like, it's not the first time we didn't see our keepers coming out playing the ball. Like, could this be a coaching thing like that? Well, I don't know, Paul, because, I, well, unless this is something Ansys came up with, I wouldn't put it down to Stevie Woods, because, mm-hmm. well, look at Big, uh, Big Fraser Forster, Paul. And he, 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 like, he kind of... And so fair does, Fraser Forster is probably a bigger build, but as I said in terms, he's nine times out of ten, you're either, the keeper will either get it, or there'll be a foul on the keeper, and, the keep, and it's a breaking play, and... I mean, well, Stevie was kind of... I mean, he kind of made Fraser Foster, really, didn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. he was only a young lad when he came here, so he's kind of learned his, a lot of his goalkeeping phase time at Celtic. And mm-hmm. Fraser Foster was confident to come to community for the ball yeah. or that. It's really a strange one why Hart, with his experience in that, you, you would think he would know... You, do you know what I mean? you think he'd know himself that that boy's coming in. That's that's mine. Do you get what I mean? You're a 60 yard box match, you know what I mean? That's your ball. Even if you ever, sorry Paul, even if you ever watch them training and warming up before a game, the amount of times you watch the keeper and say Stevie Woods or someone is putting in crosses and they're coming out and collecting the cross. It doesn't make sense to me that they're practicing it 15, 20 minutes before they go on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And then when they go on the pitch, it's like, okay, I'm not going to come for any ball. Like, you, I can't remember, and I'm not trying to be critical of Joe Hart, but I can't remember... Any time I've seen ball whipped in and Joe Hart comes flying out and catches it and then goes for the quick throw, amongst amongst people, yeah, he takes a ball that's coming into, but it, like a high ball, like a fielded like a Gaelic footballer, Paul, or something like that, and throwing mm-hmm. it out. I can't remember seeing Joe Hart do that. Like, but even if he's not going to catch it, like fist this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Get your knuckles on the ball, Terence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I said, Paul. If you come out and you're a goalkeeper and you're in that situation you, and there's defend, or there's forwards attacking you and you're going to punch, all the keeper has to do is make some contact with the ball and make a big loud scream and hands flying in the air. Nine times out of ten, the keeper's going to directly do like, free kick out. When I was in goal, like, that was Braden Prima, the six-yard box. It's my area. Well, the chances are that I wasn't getting them anyway because I'm so smart. You know Aye, but that's aye, that's what goalkeepers. That's basically what goalkeepers get taught into it, Paul. That's that's their that's their domain. That bit of the park, and anything that comes in there is theirs, kind of thing. And you clear house, like you like if the keeper comes, he takes everything. He takes whoever if he takes his own defender and the forward with him, and the ball's there, and he goes for the ball. Like it's very rare you'll see a keeper pulled for something like that. It's more than likely the forward is going to be pinged for free out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I just think they're putting massive pressure on themselves because, you know, they seem to be struggling, struggling, not necessarily, not just the centre-halves, as a team, they seem to be struggling across the mm-hmm. It's not fair just to put it on the two mm-hmm. centre-halves. Um, no, no, like, I, I, I have a kind of written down 
made one to show what, what I think is kind of going on as well. Uh, Mark, of course, uh, Jim Marcus got a got a hat trick yesterday. I think every Celtic fan uh, was delighted for it because of the shift he put in since the the winter break. Uh, I think that's five goals though he he scored so far, and not just the goals yesterday, Mark, but he's our own play. What what he's doing up front, you know, he's non-stop running, he's tracking down, he's doing the high press, he's doing everything that that Ange wants him to do, and for him to get a hat trick yesterday, I'm delighted for the for the guy. You know, uh, I'm delighted as well, Paul. I'm really, I've, I've been really impressed with him over the last few weeks, Paul. Really, mm-hmm. look, even when it looks like a totally different player, Paul. For the one we we caught, kind of caught a few wee glimpses early in the season, but mm. as I said as well, he had no pre-season training. And that's a, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but maybe the injuries kind of gave him the chance. You know what I mean? To put in some extra hours in the training and the gym because Jim Rick he's tough, Paul. For get some physique on him, hint he? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know what 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 impresses me the most about Jim Marcus no Terence is that. When we watched the uh, Livingston game there last season, uh, and we were complaining about him because he was the striker that we wanted to be, that we were, we were putting crosses in, and he was the striker to be there, like uh, an open no striker to be in the box, a box striker. And he wasn't getting in those positions against Livingston. He, as, as Mark said there, like he was maybe not up to scratch and stuff like that. But he's getting into the box now, feeding off these second balls in the right spot at the right time uh, and he's doing what basically we heard of him that he was doing in the Dutch league oh, yeah, yeah 100%, 100% Paul but um, and the, his, his attitude is first class but it, it, it's also going back to the thing that impressed me most about him is, and I said it on the podcast previous is that this is the guy that stayed to train when everyone went away mm-hmm. I, because he knew he was short of fitness, he knew he was short of stuff. And for me, for me, that speaks volumes for the man. Yeah, it paid off to terms like this. Well, well, it does because he he knew himself, Paul. He wasn't going to get a start on the on the team. If I if I if I just keep myself in the same condition and I'm picking up these niggle injuries, I'm not going to get a start. Instead, he stayed for two weeks and trained and burst and burst the gut. And now look at him. He's, it's like it's it's a completely different player, like Mark said, to the one that we saw there a couple of months ago. And you mean it's it's all credit. And the one the one thing you would definitely say on yesterday's performance, he's definitely your guy inside the six yard box. I mean, all the three goals, like real poacher goals, like. Ah, uh, that's I've seen that. I've seen that. Ah, it reminds me a bit of Gary Hooper. Mm-hmm. Even Lee Griffiths, he's always in there to get. I mean, terms of saying, he's like an old fashioned poacher kind of thing. It's. These kind of goals he's scoring, and I think he'll just go into strength, go for strength to strength for his new. I really do. I think that he's uh, the way Celtic play, and the amount of shots we've been going, uh, the chances are like that, rebounds and stuff like that. He's the type of striker we need. You know, that's going to be in, in and around the box, torture, like looking for these second balls, Mark. You know. And I say that as well, Paul, see the team that started yesterday, that should have been the team that started on Thursday night. We're not, we come to talk tonight. But, Terence, I spoke to you about it, and, and it's something you touched on there. Like, since the Aberdeen game, it doesn't seem the fast free flowing we, we, we saw the derby against Rangers, like that first 45 minutes was 
the fastest I ever saw Celtic team playing. But ever since then, it seems to be, it, it's still fast, it's still a high tempo, but it seems to be kind of more laboured, more slower. Is it, is it more controlled of the ball? Or is it, it, you know? Yeah, well, it's quite simple, Paul. For me, you had the Rangers game. The Motherwell game after that was absolutely sensational football for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you had 45 minutes against Aberdeen, which was brilliant. And since the Aberdeen game, the second half of the Aberdeen game, it's like it's like someone turned a different switch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like Aberdeen was second half was poor. The Rate Rovers game was poor. Uh, Bodo Glint won. Basically, Bodo Glint t- played like Ange wants Celtic to play. They, they showed them how to play that fast, slow football. And then even yesterday against Dundee, you know, I mean, they got the job done, but it's, it's, I agree with you, it's not, it's not the quick, it's not the quick, fast, slow, dynamic football. It, 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 it looks a lot slower and a lot more, there's a lot more touches. Mm-hmm. Than, 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 than because I'm seeing that uh, kind of in, in the past ways, like the, and the past ways, we seem to be getting up now into the 800, 900 amount of passes. So we're having a lot of the ball, but it's, we're not using the ball as fast as we we used to be. Do you know? Do you know? Yeah. The, the, the thing I the thing I would say to Paul as well is sometimes stats can be misleading. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, like where I would where I would be more inclined to look at look at it and say is okay, how many how many passes were you know, at forward passes going forward in in the opposition half? Because a lot of times we can. I don't want to say we're back to the Lenin because it's not like that, but at times, sometimes it can be the pass over back, over back, mm-hmm. over back, while the defence is, while the opposition is just moving left and right, left and right, left and right. You know, so sometimes having 800 passes or whatever, it can be misleading, mm-hmm. but you might, you mightn't be doing an awful lot with the ball. That's, That's what I'm saying, yeah, we, like, we have the passes, but it's what we're doing with it, like, do you know what I mean? What yeah, we do that, with these passes, like, we don't seem to be opening up no, and that's huge. If, if you look, if you looked at, if you looked at, especially the first half in the Bordeaux glint, the speed that they got the ball out from their back, their midfield to their forwards was so like their first notion was to get the ball and go forward and pass forward. You know, I, and that that's what we were doing, but we seem to have kind of gone back a little bit to kind of a, a little. It, it seems to be certainly a bit slower. No, I can I take into consideration conditions just they weren't great with everything and that's fair enough. But just in the last two or three games, I fully agree with you, Paul. It doesn't seem to be play we don't seem to be playing at the same pace we were mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. up to the say this first half of the Aberdeen game for me. Everything after that seems to be a lot slower. But you noticed as well, Mark, in the the last couple of games we, we don't seem to be as fast as as we were, like like Terry was saying there, like the the Rangers game and the Motherwell game, we just blew the teams off the park. But no, we don't seem to be. It seems more slower. Or, like, are the players tired in March? Think or? Well, maybe people. I mean, I've played a lot like, of games. Your first, it's only the first season under Andy. Well, aye, aye. You've got to remember, like Japanese players, Paul. We have no that break. No, no. Which I think. I think as we get longer into the season, I know Ange just came out and says, oh, I'll not be resting players and things like that, but I think so, maybe the Japanese players will need a bit of a rest as the season's going on between now and the end. It, uh, yeah. It's a hard, I mean, it's a hard one. You can, I mean, we can't play. I'm, I've said it, 
first first half in the Glasgow Derby, man, the football we played was absolutely mm. just fantastic. But we'd, we'd love to play like that every week, Paul. But it's not going to happen, really. But it's hard to put your finger on why we do have seem to. It is a setting tough into. We never really keep it up for the full ninety minutes, kind of thing. What mm-hmm. was the only game Mark, that I can recall that was they basically changed four subs, three or four subs at half time, and the pace never dropped. Mm-hmm. First half of the they, they like I know it only finished four one, but it could have been ten ten nil for the uh, ten nil only for their Motherwell keepers. But we were brilliant in the first half of Motherwell, and Ange took off McCa- I took off McGregor and I think a bad and someone else, and he brought on two or three others, and the pace never stopped. The accuracy and that was. That's the one game this year that stands out in my head that from start to finish they went hell for leather and they could have they, they could have battered Motherwell that 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 day in that game. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 the only thing as I would say though is well Mark is I know what you're saying about some of the Japanese guys and stuff like that. But we've now got a strong squad and you know we now can use five subs. If there is a, if there is a case for for sake, if I think Hitat is Getting a bit tired, or O'Reilly's getting a bit tired. You know, there's there's, there's no harm in going. Okay, look, I'm not going to play him today because I certainly think yesterday when we when B thanked him and he made a massive difference. <coughs> he made, and, and, and defense defensively because I I think as well in the last three or four games because we seem to be slow. <coughs> you're so skipping slow, ahead. You're skipping ahead. I know, but because, but because the pace has been so slow. I, I don't think that pace suits McGregor in mm-hmm. that role. Mm-hmm. Whereas Beaton in that role, it's a, it's a bit more, it's a bit different. He's a bit more defensively minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Mark, we, before we move on to that, uh, Terence has always kind of jumped ahead. Uh, Terence will get a different topic next week to sort out. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, Mark, a win is a win. Oh, that's right. It doesn't matter what the scoreline is, the, the points are still the same. Three points, it, it was vital that Celtic won this game considering that Rangers drew one all with, with Dundee United and they dropped points like cause they, the, the pressure was on us, Mark, to, to get to uh, and we did it like and, and it opens up a gap and it's no what, what I'm looking at like is that Rangers could be crumbling here, Mark. I mean, they, they, I did, they're not going to, I think, looking at they're not taking this pressure too well, as we saw, like, Rangers in the past, like, they don't take pressure well. No, and when Bronkers came in, he's not really, I mean, there's still the three guys that they brought in in January. None of them started the game yesterday for them, did they? Well, you take it too, Mark, like, like these aren't his players. Like, no. Maybe these players don't suit Van, Van Bronkers. I mean, they were... I mean, they were they were effective under Jared. They weren't they weren't a good team. They weren't a good team to watch or that under Jared, but they were effective under Jared Paul. Mm-hmm. And as I said to you, I said that before the derby when I saw, I saw the fact that the Rangers fans they were, they were talking about how Van Bronckhorst is stuck like Tavernier, Tavernier, or however you pronounce it, pushing forward and over that and things like that. And then mind we know we noticed that in the derby match, and I said that's mm-hmm. exactly what the Rangers fans were moaning about. Tavernier still getting pinned back too much and things like that. So, I mean, I still think, I still rate Van Bronckhurst as a coach, Paul, I really do, but I don't think he's got, it's just, there's that much going on at Rangers, there's players coming out of contract, are they going to, they're refusing to sign new contracts and things like that. It's just, I, 
I don't know if I've, I don't, I've not going to say they'll crumble, Paul, it's such but Even like Mark, even with their... I think any, I think any, uh, uh, I think any kind of level-headed uh, Rangers fan, if you could find some, somewhere, would, uh, would admit that they're, they're struggling and that Celtic's like well, <coughs> well in the driving seat for, this, for the league this year. Mm-hmm. I think Terence looking at it now, like it's practically Celtic to throw away and It'd be a big must, I say, for Celtic to throw it away. But there is concerns, like like you said, there are times like that. Our luck could run out. Like if we concede two goals, like we're not going to score three goals every game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree with you. But to be honest, Paul, I think I think both sides are going to drop points. Mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if if Celtic and Rangers go through without dropping any more points because. Just the, the games, the games are, are that are there, especially our away games. There's like our next three, games, our next yeah. three or four away games is, is like Hibs, Livingston, Dundee United, Rangers. I mean, all tough games, like mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. tough away games. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be like if they go through it, without dropping points, it'll be fantastic. But you you. I hope I hope they do, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see to see a, a slip up on, on both sides dropping points. To be honest, still mm-hmm. there's a there's a long there's a long way to go in this yet. Like, mm-hmm. but it's it's Celtic it's Celtic to lose. They know what they have to do. Mm-hmm. I they, think they I think what, I think the Livingston game out of the land you've just said uh, said their terms. I think that will be the hardest game out of the. Well, oh, it'd be a nightmare. That could be a nightmare again, Matt. You know what I mean? And and look as I as I, as I said there last week as well. When the split comes in, when is that split coming in? Actually, Terence, thirty-three games, and then they, they they do the split. But it's going to be going to be very interesting to see mm-hmm. who Celtic are going to be playing in that, and who the likelihood is they're going to have to play away for a third time. Mm-hmm. That's going mm-hmm. to be very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the last few games, I've been watching the the role of uh, of Callum McGregor. So, like, this isn't no criticism or or anything like that because. I'm a great fan of Callum McGregor, but it's, it's an observation that I've been looking at him. And in the last few games, Celtic have we've lost the the midfield battle basically since the Rangers game uh, with McGregor in, in a more deeper role, uh, replacing Dijon or Gucci or even McCarthy, who players who who know uh, this this defensive role. And and as Terence saying there, when the tempo is slow, it doesn't seem to uh, just disloose Callum McGregor. Uh, after Ange made uh, the changes yesterday, uh, bringing beat on and, and and pushing McGregor up to a, a more offensive role, uh, and because of Beeson came in, we controlled the game more. And out of the ten duels that Beeson had, he won the, all ten creating passes, getting the ball back and moving the ball quickly. Like my thing here was Mark like that, why have we signed Gucci? And why do we have James McCarthy uh and Beaton in our squad when it's it's clear to me anyway that in, in certain games Cal McGregor's not the man to play in that role. Now he, in the Bobo Glimmick game, 
the formation was 4-2-3-1. So he had O'Reilly in there. And it was kind of the same yesterday. Like, why aren't we playing Beaton or a Gucci or a McCarthy in this moment? Clearly, we need a defensive midfielder in that role. That, like, Callum McGregor, Matt, realistic Matt, is not a defensive midfielder. He's a more, what would you call him, a creative. A playmaker, Paul. He's yeah, kind of, yeah, he's yeah. like the pivot, isn't he? He's yeah, like the yeah, central the, pivot it, that yeah, controls pivot, everything, yeah, I. Yeah. And as you say, Paul, if. I mean, well, Angie's usually a four-three-three uh, that he plays, and if you're playing that McGregor, McGregor isn't he that kind of physic, physical player? He's no, do you know what I mean? He's like maybe, but then if we're going back to the, you're going to have to play a four-two-three-one to put somebody next to him in there. So, mm-hmm. I'm, it's something that maybe Angie's going to need to kind of look at where actually, because, like going to what, what what we were just talking about, like. We, we, we look labelled uh, in, in some matches, Mark, and stuff like that. And, and I think it could be down to that fact, Mark, that we actually don't have a defensive midfielder in the team. I don't see... I mean, I've, I've beat on another player that's had a few renaissance under Angie and that, I'm not mm-hmm. following him, but I don't think he's kind of ideal for what Angie's looking for, Paul. Do you know what I I, he signed Gucci for a reason. If you look at Gucci over in Japan, and and when I spoke about him, I told you the reason and signed him that he purely his job was to break up the play and move the ball fast. That's all he did in Japan, and that's what Ange saw him, and that's how he suited Ange's style of play: break the ball up, move the ball fast. When when the ball's in the opposition side, he's the first player to attack the ball. You know, but like I just it, it just doesn't make sense to me like why we went out and bought a player when we're not using him. Do you know what I mean? When when it's clearly he's the player that Ange kind of spotted Mark to suit this role because we I was saying it for 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 weeks Mark before we even signed Gucci that I was highlighting the lad Mida for Yokohama that this was the player that Ange needed for his. Uh, and for the click, he needed this one player, and he rectified Gucci as this one player that Celtic needed. And now he doesn't seem to be playing. Like, and it's something that we we really miss. Like, we 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 miss a tackler in that midfield area. Something that he still he still come back for injury as well, Paul, isn't he? Mm-hmm. A bit so, back like that. Ah, so, so maybe that's like, played a bit of part like, in it. Good, good, like, Going forward, like I think it's definitely needed, Mark. That we, we have to have. Uh, like that uh, straight the same thing. She was in the first team, first team straight away, Mark. Do you know what I mean? So. Ah, and then he's ankle injury against yeah. Alua, so you've got maybe that's why he's not been. He's still we, kind of finding his feet after and I that. Think, Mark, it's because we don't have that specific player that we're losing. These midfield battles again, and it's quite obvious like, that we're losing yeah, these battles. The jabber of job, he's asked what I was going to say to you. If you, where do you move McGregor in the team? Do you change the full formation? Eh? We have to change and the formation, Mark. What, I don't, what, what he did with Bob Glimmer, Mark, he did a 4 2 3 1. Like, do we go to that formation and not go to 4 2 3? You know? Uh, but if you're going for a. Uh, 
And then Callum McGregor, Mark, then moves into that forward role and Gucci's your holding midfielder. And it, it frees up Callum McGregor, Mark, then to so where you going push to up into the And it's like the number 10, Camro. Put McGregor Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But I think it suits, that's, that's a fair point, Paul, but it's, that's fine when Celtic are flying it. When we're flying it and we're playing at a really high tempo, we'll probably get away without a defensive midfielder, like we have been. Some of the games, the Motherwell game, the, the Rangers game, a lot of the other games when Celtic are playing quick passing movement, McGregor was able to sit in that, in that role and spray the balls left and right. We didn't necessarily need the defensive side of things. But it showed up glaringly obvious against Bodo Glynis that we, we, we do when we go to like the European level or again, again the Aberdeen game, the second half of the Aberdeen game, we got completely outmuscled. I remember Mark mentioned that. And we certainly did in that, in that Bodo Glynis game. We, they completely outmatched us in midfield. They won the, they won the midfield battle. And it's like we said on here a million times. If you win the midfield battle, it's you're, it's, you're likely to win the game. It's so, so hard to win a game and lose the midfield battle. I don't care what level it is at. And it makes a massive difference. And we're, 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 we're struggling against some of these well, what is, we should be struggling against. Like, the, the big question is, Terence, right, is Callum McGregor's best one, and we've seen it for Scotland. Like, Callum McGregor, I think, plays on, like, he plays on belief for Celtic, don't get me wrong and stuff like that, but when we've seen for Scotland, we see Cal McGregor in a more forward road. He's playing centre midfield, but he's the midfielder mostly that's going forward. You know, like, is that Cal McGregor's best best role? Number, no, number the number eight position. If, mm. Get a genuine six in there, whoever, whichever, whether it be Beaton, McCarthy, or Gucci, whichever one, and put McGregor just one forward. Mm-hmm. And then there's plenty of other options that can. Then come in with McGregor, whether it's a, whether it's O'Reilly, whether it's Rogic, whether they want to put Katate beside him. Obviously, they've got a, they've got a they've got a, a multitude of talent that they can pick from there. Mm-hmm. They need they need they need to start looking and going. Okay, we need. We're, they're starting to leak goals where they weren't before. Mm-hmm. Need, we just need to be a little bit more careful that we're not leaving ourselves short in that position. And mm-hmm. I agree with you that they need to maybe bring in a, a genuine six and I certainly think this week for the the, the, the Bodo the Bodo Glynis game they have to have a genuine six if they start the same with the same kind of formation of McGregor O'Reilly uh, whether it be Rogic or someone like that we're going to, we're going they're going to they're going to tear them apart again like mm-hmm. and that's, that's what we fear and listen <coughs> if Celtic if Celtic don't go through in this next in the next in the in the conference thing. Fair enough, what about it? But it's worth if if, if Gucci or Beat on our fifth, start one of them. Start mm-hmm. one of them and see and 
move McGregor up to the number eight? Because I've seen people even on the forum saying that McGregor hasn't contributed much to goals, or he hasn't contributed much to setting up. But that's because he's being very hard if he's sitting there, if he's a, yeah. if he's a line between the terms, you get me? And, that's, and that's, that's what I said, that's what I said to the, to the person as well, Paul, I said that exact thing. Because if McGregor goes up, and O'Reilly's up, and Hattat is up, or Rogic is up, who's ever there, then you've got no defenders. I just thought, like, like what, what, you, what you were saying, like, when Bison came on yesterday, it just seemed to be a more of a balance in the midfield area when when Bison came on and McGregor pushed up more. There was a more balanced uh, in, in, the, oh, yeah. in the team terms, you know what I mean? It just looked more suited to where Celtic wanted to play, you know? It, it, it did it look a lot more suited, Paul, but it's also, you have to remember, it's a player p- playing in a position who is very, very comfortable in. And I said this before, Bison isn't the quickest, but he's brilliant at reading again. But that's down to terms what you were saying, like it, it's a player who who knows that role. He anticipates uh, the play of the ball from where he's playing because he played there for his career. Like and if you're trying to make Cal McGregor into that defensive role, it's very hard for him to anticipate the game. Yeah, you know? it's like it's like what was said, Paul. You can you can bring McGregor back into that hole in midfield role. That's fine, but McGregor's never going to be a good tackler. Mm-hmm. So you can bring he can be he can he can go back there all he wants, but he's never going to be a good tackler. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He I like a, I'm not comparing him now before any of this thing. Like a Paul Scholes, mm-hmm. he can go back and sit there, but he can, he's not a really good tackler. Whereas, that's exactly that's exactly the type of player McGregor yeah. is. Uh, Terence says Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes couldn't he, he couldn't tackle no. for Toffee. Well, he, that's he, the thing. He's the one who stopped back, and Scholes was the one who. Yeah. But see the thing about so, it as well, and I don't know. They Scholes. I mean Scholes did. He had a wee bit of a nasty streak in him as well, and I don't think McGregor. Sometimes you see it coming out, but it's no kind. It's no very often kind of thing. But Scholes had that kind of, kind of nasty kind of tenacity about him as well. But it wasn't. It wasn't very good at tackling. Most his tackles probably end up bookings. Probably if you look back on it, mm-hmm. and I think McGregor's the same type. Every time he saw he that against Rangers, Matthew, a couple of seasons back when he made a tackle down by the box and he got stained off. Aye, every time he goes in for yeah. kind of tackles, something always in the back of your mind that he, oh, he could maybe end up getting a booking here or even worse. He's just eyes turn says. He's not that kind of defensive mid, like that kind of just tackle and win the ball. And and Beaton's good at doing what he does, but he's not for me. He's not he's not good enough to be playing to play the role. He looks the pivot, the pivot, the playmaker. Beaton can't do that. No, I I agree. He couldn't, Matt. But they've got to try and find a way where even if it even if it is, if it is the case that Beaton is a sitting role. And like even a few times yesterday when he done it, he got it, and he, all he done was literally a ten yard pass. He got mm-hmm. straight away to whether it was whether it was Jaha or O'Reilly or McGregor himself. He's beat on his ice when as soon as I watched watched him, he made a quick tackle, he turned and literally goes like literally go, McGregor, there you go, it's yours, you, you do what you have to do, I'm waiting here like. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just you know, they have to manage Mark it. like Ange needs to think. I I know he's booklet and, and, and he's stuck the way he plays the game, but Mark, like if you're changing the formation the way you play still stays the same. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're putting a defensive midfielder in alongside Cal McGregor, uh, and letting Cal McGregor have that number number nine role or number eight role back to push up and have your defensive midfielder there, well then 
your formation really isn't changing. You're just giving Cam McGregor more freedom to to move forward. You know. I I mean, Callum McGregor. If you think back, Paul, Callum McGregor was was. When he was younger, he was, your, he was like your number 10 kind of thing. He was, I mean, arriving late in the box to score goals and things like that. And he did, well, obviously, Disney did that. Now he's playing further back. I, I see me actually sit down and think, hey, Paul, it's see for the players and the personnel that we've got. And if Andrew's going to stick to like his 4 3 3, it's hard to actually. Obviously, we've said it before, he's going to pick. The defend the four defenders and Joe Hart and McGregor's going to start of the game, but going forward, I think Kanz needs to look at how actually efficient he is in there. Mm-hmm. You know, if like he would be is. better served somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, could, McGreg- could McGregor do a box to box? So, because I've said to you, Paul, I think Angie's way of thinking is he sits there like a holding midfielder for deep line playmaker, whatever you want to call him. He sits there, and the other two midfielders are like, you're not. Look, you're playing with two number eights, two box-to-box kind of midfielders. And that's why we lost when we move on to Bob Glit, Like That's why we kind of struggled against Bob Glit because... Rogic didn't do the box-to-box, so he and, stays and, up and, high. And O'Reilly, Mark, didn't have the legs really to do that roll out because he was, he was getting caught out, out of position. Uh, we, we move on from, from Cal McGregor. So Celtic travelled to Norway and Thursday to face Bob Glimmis uh, in our second leg conference league knockouts. Uh, because we trailed 3-1 from the first leg. But before we talk about the the game on Sunday, we, we talk about what actually went wrong uh, in, in the first leg. I I was looking at things and going to put down uh, poor midfield shape. Uh, our recovery decisions were all wrong. Uh, our midfield cover was wrong. Like example that was saying, uh, no beat on. Uh, wrong descent, defensive decisions. Uh, Taylor, I thought, made mistakes, Mark, that we saw last season with, with, with Taylor making. Uh, Angel's decisions, what you were just talking about there, uh, O'Reilly and Roderick didn't work, uh, it, especially the high press side of it. Uh, just was non-existent. It was it was like the start of the season watching Tomville and Roderick play. You know, just two similar players in that do the exact same things and, and there was no high press there. Uh, but the plus side for, from the first leg is, as, as what Cal McGregor said in his, in his pre-match uh, match, match conference, he said that we conceded silly goals and we know we conceded goals. We have to work in that first. We created a lot of chances in that game, but we didn't take our chances. Uh, in the second half, we need to create these chances and take them, Mark, you know what I mean, we, we need to take them and Mark, I, I come to you first because like fair enough, Boba Glimmer were a good team and, and well organised team, Mark, but I'm going to put down to the fact again Mark, that they're not together long they looked well organised Mark, and I think they did a lot of study on Celtic, they had time to study Celtic and did Ange get the selection wrong, Mark, or what happened in, in the first leg, do you think? Well, I think definitely think Angie the, uh, the team selection wrong, Paul, right from the get-go. Uh, I, I said, Paul, I just, I thought Celtic would have easily seen them off. I had uh, so much ego in my face on the forum after the way I was going on about it all day, but mm-hmm. I, even, I just still can't believe it, Paul, that we did I mean, 
they're, they're six weeks off, off, off away from their season starting. And it looked as if they were in the... Do you get, I mean, they looked, they looked fitter than we did. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, they went to this two-week training camp here in Spain. We'll see the best thing Ange can do. Ask them where... Ask them where they were, and that's where we're going every summer for new one. Mm. I mean, mm. we've used it as ourselves an excuse, Paul. These qualifiers come too early for us and stuff like that. I mean, that's a team that were six weeks away for their season starting, and they they ran they ran out of topes. For me, that's the it's, that's the biggest blow on Angie's uh, copybook so far, Paul. I was really really disappointed with that performance mm-hmm. the other night. You know that yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just I really didn't. For the next day of that, I, I never really even said much about it because I just, I really couldn't believe it. And I wouldn't say that they're, I, honestly, Paul, I wouldn't say that they're that great a team. I really, you know, I, I really wouldn't. And you know what? Uh, just one of these, well, I've, I've, I've spoke about it from the start at the end podcast and that, Paul. They were just one of these kind of well-drilled, well-organised teams at mm-hmm. Celtic. Again, we're talking about set pieces. Just for years, we've just seemed to struggle against these teams. Just going by that again, Martin. I was like, I'll get your opinion on this again. Uh, it's it's about Bobo uh, Gliss again identified Celtic's left hand side as a weak leak in height, and their attack and high balls were aimed at O'Reilly. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were a big, they were a, they were a kind of your typical, so, typical Scandinavian team, we, weren't they? Big we, muscles. We, we, yeah. we hired. This new data pal that's gone in. I, I, I get his name and, and I talked. But his role, as I understand as well, Mark, is he's going to scout our opposition. Now, if I'm a scout, Mark, and I'm scout my opposition, you're going to see that Bobo Glitz players are nearly six foot odd, six foot in. And I'm going back to the fact, Mark, is then like that. We have a player of six foot seven on the bench in scales. Six foot five or something like that, and I I just can't get to the fact, Mark, when we're playing physical teams like Bobo Glitz and Dundee the other day, Limston, teams with a big thing, why he's not getting and looking, you know, when it's clearly that height is is a big problem when we play physical teams, you know. I, I, Paul, it's a, it's a problem against any team, to be honest, Paul. If you've mm-hmm. if you've got a, like your team, you've got a lack of height. Like you're going to team. say in Mark. This game, you're you're one of them. There, like it's, it's coming up sooner away to Limston. You know for a fact, Limston are going to play in the high ball. Uh, but uh, no, it'll be big physical kind of things. That kind of approach again. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'm still stuck for one full time here explain how I feel about that but, game the other night. I really am. Bodo Glynis, Paul, they out Celtic. But that's what I'm saying, they did their research on us and it, and it looks like that Celtic didn't do their research. It's like, did we underestimate them? 100% because we, I was even saying on here, I said, their pre season, I wonder in the last 15 or 20 minutes will they struggle? The team in green and white were the ones that were struggling in the last 15 minutes. Like, I put it down. Like, I'd, be asking, put... I'd be asking, Paul, sorry. I'd be asking, who's their strength and conditioning coach? Who's their fitness coach? Like Mark said, where they're going. Like, they lost 14 players last season. 14 players. And they come back. And I looked, I looked through the team sheet thing. If you see the price of the players, 
you can't you, if you had I don't care who you had in the field if it wasn't McGregor if it was Beaton if it was McCarthy if it was, if it was Gucci they're going to struggle because you've been left you've been left on your Todd like you've been left on your own you like if the boys aren't working back and that's probably where Patate would have a much higher work rate than the boys he would he would get back but I think it's like what Mark said I think no one saw that no one saw that coming we, I, everyone was thinking we were all thinking oh yeah look these are these are pre-season Celtic hopefully they should, Celtic should do a job and then we're in the middle of the season we're flying it they might struggle I, I was watching the game kind of on off and work like and listening to it and I was going like I can't believe this like so I thought we were back in the game at 2-1 like and then a minute later they go up and score the third like and it was like, like what happened there do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, kept, they kept going for the whole mm-hmm. 90 plus minutes. Like, at no stage did they look like tiring. Like, like, it's it, it, true of Mark that like, we look like the team that hasn't played in six weeks, Mark, didn't we? Uh, yeah. that, it was, Paul. That's the way it looked to me. It was just, as I say, just unbelievable that the performance. To be honest, that is probably. I feel like all these kind of lesser teams that we talk about in that get searches. For me, honestly, that Bodo gun that's probably one of the best performances I've seen for one of the kind of teams at Celtic Park. Even, even if it, even if it kind of we sneaked it or whatever, Paul, you're saying, with like, the actual performance that they put in for, as I said, six weeks before their season starts. Mm-hmm. Um, as, well, as, well, sorry, as well, too, Mark, it's something that it's been said on here a few times and you've definitely said it yourselves a few times. They, this Board of Glynis side has play, have set a structure in place to play the same way regardless of who's there. Mm-hmm. They lost 14 players. 14 guys came in and they still kept the exact same way they play. And so that, and she it was like star men that they lost yeah, as well, that Patrick yeah, Bergen people like that. But if you look, if you, if you look, if, if you, like, if you look at their club which I did, right? They're big believers in what Celtic Mark should be. Like, Mark, you're great saying that Celtic should be looking at the Ajax side of things the way they did. Like, they, when you sell a player, they have a young player to come in to fill that position. That's what mostly what people do. They sell a player, Mark, and they already have a youngster trained. They, like, no, they're no. not they go buy players and stuff like that. Like, but... Their, we know their the youth system, system is strong. Yeah, their, their, their youth system, Terence, is so strong like that they bring in these young players like that, and when they come in, like that's why I think... Well, how, much, how much did you say that they, they spent they there, did. Paul? And how much, they did they, did. how much did they bring in? They brought in about 15. Was that? The books, Mark. They didn't bring in much either, Mark. You know, was it? No, I thought that Bergen, that would have went for half so decent money, they Paul. Had, uh, they had to sell them, Mark, because of the impact of COVID. Right. The Norwegian League, so yeah. they had to sell players undervalued. Like, you know I mean, that, that Patrick Berger, that was one of the players I had kind of earmarked that I would like to see Celtic signing. Like, that's why I think the No, their ground only holds seven and a half thousand. It's it's unbelievable. And as you said, that Berg fellow only went for four million. Mm-hmm. That's, like, like, that's why I think people on about the best quarters in the world, they look at Gladiola. Mourinho and things like that, but for me, Neil, Neil the, the best coach in the world, Mark, is, is Jorgen Klopp, because he has a system, Mark, at Liverpool, where the young players 
are coming in, Mark, and they're filling the positions where they're actually trained and played in their youth system, they were able to come in to the first team and play that position. And that's an approach that no one going to see on the Ange because the coach team are playing. Oh, the exact same system and With these smaller clubs should be. And that's why I think Celtic like, need to look at this, these, these clubs like Bobo Glimit, like look at them more closely, like and go, there they are, a small club, like, but they have a system where they're, they're bringing their young players into the first team and then they're selling them on, making money. Do you know what I mean? Like, for, for a team, like, to lose 14 players, like, and people are saying, when I get on, when I, when I hear, like, on the live chat and on the forum, like, oh, they beat Roma uh, 6-1, they should be, it's not, it wasn't, it's not the same team. That's that exactly, I know, Paul, that's what I was so saying they, as well. Right. Well, people are, look, people are looking at them for, like, their group stages, wins and things like that. No. But that's, 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 that's like, that's like comparing us it's because compared, although they didn't change the coach, but it's basically like you compare Celtic to last season and things yeah, like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like it's a totally different team, Mark. Like they're going into their new season, Mark, like which they kind of do every season. Is they go in with a new team because they sell their players packed at the end of every season, Mark. They need to send their top players to make. And Beast, Mark, because the Norwegian League, Mark, isn't... If only we'd one of these young forward thinking Norwegian coaches, Paula. Oh, Jesus, lips through our hands, why didn't they? <laughs> the question is, we made a point that, like, Cal McGregor was saying that Terence, like, we created chances, but it, it seems to be a Celtic team lately that we don't take our chances and we're in these positions, but... Are you confident going into this game, Terence? Or would you like us to be out of the conference league and concentrate league? And a lot of people are saying, oh, it's the league that matters and things. But I'm a Celtic fan. I want Celtic to compete in all competitions where I feel Celtic can win. And I, I honestly thought Celtic would get a good run in this conference league. Um, I, one, I, one, I wouldn't be confident that they're going to win over there. I know, I know there's no away goals anymore. So, But I still wouldn't be confident of them winning, judging on on the performance that, that happened last week and the fact that the other crowd are going to be at home. Yeah, I'm like you, Paul. I'd like Celtic to win in every competition they go into, regardless of what competition it is. And yes, the league is priority, but at the same time, the more Celtic can do in Europe and do better in Europe, the better it's going to be for Celtic down the line. Yes. And, the, and, and the other side of it as well is, like, let's not, let's not mistake anything here. It's absolutely appalling to think that Celtic haven't got through a knockout stage in 20 years. That's absolutely brutal statistics. Like, mm-hmm. consider the teams that they've played. Like, 20 years they've got out since they've got out of a knockout game like this. You know, that's that's a terrible stat to have beside them. Like, that, you know what I, mean? I, I, I really, I, 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 I didn't know that. Terence, that really is bad when you fight when you hear that. Into 2004, Mark. We're looking to Mark as it's an artificial pitch that they played on, boss. It's a state of the art. Aye. Artificial pitch. This, like, I, I was reading about this, like, and I uh, showed it up. Paul, I looked at it. I was reading about it. One, it's. I don't think it. I don't. I'm not saying it's it'll not be a factor, but I don't think. But it's no. no we're not going up to play on a living. It's not a Livingston yeah. Iraqi's picture. Well, that it's three yards smaller in width than Celtic Park, but it's the same length. Right? You get me? It's the same length, but three yards smaller in width. Like it's not going to make much of a difference. I don't think, Mark. But like, 
I don't think this match should be an excuse for Celtic not to turn up as as we do in the Livingston pitch and stuff like we just said, Mark. This is practically grass. It has rubber rubber pellets on it. It's rubber. It's it's, it's practically grass, Mark. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's what, that kind of top notch kind of stuff, Paul. But I, I think Celtic can go there and win. I th- I'm not saying we'll go through uh, beating them. Be a clear what three goals is going to be a big ass, but. I could see it going to extra time, to like, be honest. You can see, like, looking at the, the first leg, the starting lineup was Hart, Jovanovic, Vickers, Starfield, Taylor, Callum McGregor, O'Reilly, Abada, Rogic, Yasha, and Meida. The formation, what I kind of looked at was 4 2 3 1. Alright, so, like, who starts and who drops out? You know, I think it was one of the. The worst games I saw Taylor play in, in a long, long time. Uh, I, I think either Radisson comes in or Ivanovic dips over or Ivanovic stays in the right and Scales comes over. But I think they'll exploit Ivanovic again. And I think we need height in that back line. Mark? Oh, so, uh, obviously, we've spoke about that's one of the main concerns in the defence. We need to try and get some height in there. Scales is like the obvious choice. Like you're looking at Scales, Mark, like... And like, people keep going on about bringing Julian back and that. I can't remember Julian being this big dominant oh, centre-half. He struggled, half Mark, against uh, the lad uh, von Livingston that time, so he struggled against him. He had a, he had a horrible, horrible game against him. Yeah, Dykes, yeah. Dykes, yeah, horrible game against him. Like, and like, we, we, we've stuck there, Paul, and we've seen for months, months even when Julian's been injured, he doesn't seem to fancy the physical side of the game. When we're saying there, he comes up against Lyndon Dyson. Would you say Julian Macker and after fishing? No, no, pitch. probably. But well, we've seen that, Paul, we've just said it's one of the best kind of ranges, mm-hmm. or maybe. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Julian's the answer to the problem. No. You know, I, I think we need... We need somebody like a big Vidic kind of character, Paul. See, like the manager, Vidic, a big... hard. what we have. We're just looking at short on what we have and use what we have is, and I think it back. I think scales, and this is not me just saying scales, no, because I'm Irish and stuff like that. But I do think scales needs a good run of games, Mark, to actually show us what he can do against physical teams. Even Paul as well. I mean, I mean, you've seen it. Week out, and I've seen him in Champions League qualifiers, Europa League qualifiers against teams like Bobo Glit, Mark, who are. Who will play a physical game, Mark? Because they're not well-known European teams. They're going to be tough teams to play against. And, and like, he handled himself. Right? And he was scoring goals in these leagues, Mark. Get me? You know. I, I definitely. But, but, but Paul, I mean, you tell me that. Uh, I'm a bit, maybe I've picked up wrong, but I'm sure that you said that he can play at centre half as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So why not even? So why not even move him in one, like, one, one thing? People for position to centre half. But like that's where he started his career, man. Centre half. He started. He was playing there with Sligo. And probably he probably only get moved up to left back because yeah, no, his speed. Because yeah. his, his speed. When, you don't get you don't get when, many guys his size that when, are quick. When, do you know what I mean? When he moved, when, when he moved to Shamrock Rovers, the the normal left back was was hit with injury, and Shamrock Rovers play the the, the ring back. Uh, Wingers back, the left wing back, so they had no option but to put Scales in there. And because the manager of Charlotte Grove was so impressed by Scales' speed and his ball control, 
Gales became his number one left-sided player. You know, and that's how it actually came about. Like, like Gales, Mark, was a Gaelic footballer in his youth. Like, he played Gaelic football as well. Like, so this fella is well used to the high balls up in the air. Like, you get me? Uh, you know what I mean? He's got a bit of toughness, a bit of... Yeah. Kind of, yeah. That kind of tenacity about him for doing that. You know, I would even give. I'd even give skills. I don't. Maybe I'm not saying that against Bodo Glimt or that, but why not give him a top game? Aye, so give him a try. A try. You to centre half. You know, like I, I, I think. I think as well, though, Mark. Sorry, Paul. Okay, okay. I think as well, though, Mark. One of the vi- one of the very important things that they have to do for this Bodo Dennis is yes, the defence, but they need to get protection in front of the defence. That's like there's, been uh-huh. there's been very little of that in the last few games. Like that's like it's, it. You know, like like looking at the formation, like who who, who drops out, like. We would just start. We would just start on Team B, Paul. Go to you first, and then Terence can give his. I go hard. Anyway, my my formation would be a four-two-three-one. Right, so I go hard. I go Ivanovic, Vickers, Starfield, and I put Scales in there. I have McGregor, Beaton, then Abada, O'Reilly to the centre with Yasa. And G. Marcus up front. I think G. Marcus has to play, considering the way he runs and the way he can hold up the ball for us. I don't think these these type of games suit Mida, you know, because we don't play. I I think he's too light. Did you get me, Mark? Uh, no, Mida. Mida. He never stopped the other night, Paul. Yeah. But he never really done much, did he? Done much, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think like. We need a player, Mark, who will, G. Marcus, who will get the ball, Mark, and who, who will be able to hold up that ball. Uh, you know? that's, I'd 100% Paul start with you, G. Marcus, on uh, Thursday. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I yeah. see Maida, he'd he done a lot of running, he put in a good shift, like, but he never he, 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 effectiveness whatsoever. I saw, like, uh, on, on Twitter the other day, uh, people giving Maida slack, like, for. He's got, is it three, four goals? Like, like people, like, Marcus, go back to what you were saying, like, me that so far has maybe played 12 months of football non-stop. No break. Like, people have to take that into consideration as well, Mark, like that. This guy... Like, well, and, and, none of the Japanese boys have no, had any break. Well, obviously, no, Kyogo has his injury and that. And what you think of the going, Mark, that, that he's doing, like, you know what I mean? Not if he does sign next year, Mark. And with with a proper rest during the summer, what Mihira can be. Do you know what I mean? You know. Oh, I was Paul. Oh, oh, I was really excited at the time. I was really excited about Mihira saying. Hayashi looks tired, man. Aye, I mean? he's even he's no looked he's no looked the same player. I mean, he came in and he was in fire for the first few games, but he's kind of dropped down a wee bit in that. that you're saying for the last couple of games. You highlighted that, Terence. Uh, yeah, recently, the high acid looked looked tired in, in in the games for a while. Yeah, I thought I thought that, but it's it's funny because Paul, if you listen to Ange and say Ange kind of goes, he's not up to full fitness yet. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of going like, but he looks he looks hanging to me like, and and, and, and that's and that's enough. He said that he won't be up to full scratch. Yeah, yeah, but I but it's like you're saying, yeah, if you're, and I like it's no coincidence that Kyogo got injured. With all the football he's been playing. And mm-hmm. and Hitate has looked, in some of the games, he has looked very, very tired. But 
I keep going back to this is where this is where I think Ange needs to maybe you know look and chop and change. I, like the team you named there, Paul. Is I I'd, I'd agree with it. The only one I change just out of curiosity, I'd put Gucci in if he's a fit to see mm-hmm. how he play. That's it. And put, I, I put I definitely put Gucci in if he's fit. I put I put Gucci in if if he's fit to play this for this this week. I'd put him in for uh, with McGregor. Just in front of him, mm-hmm. and obviously Jota, Abada, Gio, Gio and start, start probably O'Reilly, and then. But what I would be saying is, just to make sure, if someone, if someone starts to look like, just change him. Take him off. Just, like, yeah, exactly, Terence. We have, just, we have the subs though. Like, do you know what I mean? We have yeah, the subs. Well, not only do we have the subs, Paul, but we have quality subs, which, yeah, is, the big, exactly. which is the big side of it. You know, but I definitely give Gucci, Gucci a, a run in this game because yeah. You want self to go to go through hundred percent, but if if they, if they don't, okay, you'll be disappointed. But it's you know it, it it is what it is. I wouldn't want to be starting in a league game that you're not sure of, and then all of a sudden you're struggling. But it's just and you like at the moment, the game, like, you can think like that. This actually could be because considering the, the scoreline, like. Yeah. If you like the game to chug Gucci in there, and we see like you know what I mean. Don't you see? You can you'll, you'll see you'll see what he can do because in fairness, their midfield overran our midfield the last day. So it'd be very interesting to see him. As I said, the only time we we got to see him was the Alloa game before the Karate Kid came to mm-hmm. and decided to take him out. And other than that, like he he he's obviously just back from injury. But I'd like to see him. I think it'd be a good game to start him and see see how he goes because it's probably all the games we have. He's not registered. He's not registered. Oh, he's not registered, is no, he? No, William just said oh. it there. I think he was actually left out. He you're right there with him. Yeah, he was left out. So, Bison, I think, is the natural. Okay, well, fair enough then. That's thing. Ten minutes here, we should have conversation there, isn't it? I knew that too. Would you go. Thank you very much, Matthew Nobhead. That <laughs> so, like that line up that I kind of said there, so, like, would you kind of go similar to that? Yeah, I would, yeah. Mark? I pretty much it. Well, again, Paul, you're kind of changing things. He's putting in the two man in the midfield. But, but that's what was, he did uh, against Paul Buckley, the first leg. O'Reilly was next to McGregor. He did a 4 2 3 1. That was the starting line of that came out, the formation. 4 2 3 1. That's what he went. O'Reilly was actually playing in front of McGregor, but O'Reilly oh. was kind of the, the, the midfielder going box to box. So I would say if B Sons in there, McGregor would be able to do that role that O'Reilly was supposed to do, do you get me? Aye. I, I think probably McCarthy in there then. Yeah, but I'm just saying, whoever is McCarthy or Beeson, what we need... I mean, McCarthy is a better all round player than Beeson. Uh, 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 he's a better all round player than Beeson. Do you know what I mean? I think if. You're saying, Paul, if we could get, if we were going to go with the two in there, I, I, for me, McCarthy, a fit McCarthy would be the ideal. Do you get what I mean? Because he, he, I mean, he, as you say, he can, he's a better passer than the ball and beat on in there. So, it'd, be, it'd maybe help it be a wee bit more kind of rounded, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, who, who's been playing the better football? Beaton. You know, he's been the more impressive, but I, I, I understand your point, Mark. But McCarthy, apart the St. Johnson game is one of the only games I can think of. Whereas Beaton, before he came out of the team, 
was very, very impressive in the games he played. Like, I can't so, just understand what, what, like, when Beeson has come out. Like, when Beeson was in the team, where was McGregor playing? Oh, he was playing, he was up, McGregor was like your kind of number 10 back then, wasn't he playing his kind of number 10? And who was the number 10 now, so when McGregor... But we don't, really, well, that's it, Paul, when you're we playing, don't play we don't have a number 10 unless yeah, exactly. we go with that, a 4 2 three, one. Is that, is that why, is that, so, is why we're losing this, these, these midfield battles, because we don't have that number 10? No. We don't have that no. extra man in the midfield to slip back and stuff like that, like McGregor does. But all your Dane pulls a man's phone back and all your Dane's going to like a four three three then, which is what Angie's has been playing. You know, uh, one thing I think Ange has to do uh, as well, Terence Mark, I, I, I know you didn't, but I, I found Yasna a bit in effect on the right hand side yesterday, I think uh, on the left hand side, I think when Abada came on it it changed that whole dimension of that side of the game. I think we know that Yasha's main position's on the right and he looked, he looked more confident on the right. Yes. Uh, the, sorry, the left, sorry, the left, but he, he, he looked very uncomfortable in the first half. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know what I mean? It's, it's like certain players, Paul, they just, they just can't, they find one side, one side mm-hmm. more awkward than the other, you know what I mean? And if, if Yasha's preferable side is the left, then you just need to play him on the left. It's fine saying, oh, he can play on the right as well, but that's like saying Kyogre can play on the left side and can play on the left wing as well. He can, but how effective is he? Not very from the few games I've seen him play there. Whereas like, if, if Jada's preferred position is left the left side, then you need to play him on the left side. If it means that you have to leave someone out, then so be it. But ideally Jada on the left, about on the right is are, have been the two have been the two mainstays going 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 all along the season. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if it isn't if it isn't broke, do I think well, why change it? Like yeah, Mark. Yeah. So the the big question is, Mark. Before we go, on, like, can Celtic turn this one considering we saw them create chances and with the way G. Marcus is playing, Mark, and we're getting the balls into the box and what we hoping that he be in there, Mark. Can they turn it around? I think they can, Paul. I'm not saying I think they will, but I think they can. If Celtic, if Celtic turn up and play the way we know that they can play, Paul, we should be beat, we should be capable of, of beating them by two goals at least. That's what I said earlier on. It wouldn't surprise me if I ended up going to extra time on Thursday night. But uh, I, I, I think we can do it. I don't think it's out of reach as much as some people are saying. And these people are saying, oh, I, I hope, I, I hope we get and things like that because we need to concentrate in the league. No, I want, I want Celtic to win every single game they play in, Paul, do you know what I mean? Mark, like, if you look at the teams I mean, in, the, in the Conference League, Mark, like, Celtic are one of the best teams in there. Uh, I, mean? I mean, as I said, Paul, when I was going on about how, how easy I thought this game, not easy, how comfortable I thought this game, like Thursday's there was going to be. A couple of days before that, we were all in the forum talking about how we could win this and how we could get a good run in it. And, oh, it'd be yeah. great to get yeah. Le- it would be great to get the Leicester in the final. And then, I mean, Chief Celtic go out to this kind, go out of these two legs, Paul. This will be what for me. This will be one of the biggest kind of mess ups in Celtic, even recent history kind of thing in Europe. Yeah, I think, Mark. I think like it's like people are saying like, like 
Bobo were a good team and, and stuff like that. Like fair enough, they're they're a good team. They're they were well organised. Like but the, these these players have only been together mark six to eight weeks. Do you know what I mean? You know, like. Played a, couple, got, played a couple of friendly games yeah, friendly and then, games, then, Mark, ro- yeah. then rocked up at Parkhead and beat, rocked up at Celtic Park and beat us. Well, and it could have been a lot more, Mark, to be honest. Like, <laughs> where, it, it, had Celtic with the you know, you know, like, do you think Terence, do you think Celtic can, can taunt us along there? I, 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 I was a bit like, I might ask Terence, I think they, I think Celtic can score, Paul, but the problem is at the minute, can they, can they keep a clean sheet? And the, yeah. If you were to answer me that, I'd say no. I can see Celtic conceding. I and think that's the, problem, and that's the problem. I think as well, uh, key to this this time mark, like Celtic need to score early. Uh, I, uh, I think if Celtic if they can see if Celtic can get a goal in the first kind of ten fifteen yeah, minutes, I see how they handle it then. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? And and, and then like it, it's it's game on then really, Mark. Isn't it? You know what I mean? You know. I think that that third goal was a real sucker punch, really, Mark. When we got two one, we were saying, "Right, two one, like we can take that back to, to Norway and and kind of build on that." Like, but the third goal, right, was, was really a sucker punch to Celtic, wasn't it? it just ah, I mean, how many times? How many times have we done that this season ourselves, Paul? Straight mm-hmm. for straight for conceding a goal, we've kicked, kicked off and went straight up with Dan scored yeah. again. It's yeah, like see, think, see if you play FIFA, they call it, they call it a, it's a glitch on the FIFA game, Paul. See if you lose a goal on that, there's a kind of something in it that kind of slows down the other team, and you've got right after right as right after you kick off again, you've got kind of twenty seconds that you can I, kind of score a goal. I, I, and I was okay, talking about that with similarities, Mark. But like, like what you're saying, they're like the way they punished us was kind of the way we punished teams in Scotland when we go down one nil. We came back with a goal straight because, away. You know I mean? It's a kind of, oh, we've conceded and uh, a lot of teams like their head will get down and kind of thing. But if it, you're scoring a goal, you're in a wee bit of a high and maybe your full concentration is not in the game. So maybe this is something that Anne just kind of drilled into players. Like, we've spoke about how quickly the ball comes into playing that, Paul. So maybe this mm-hmm. is something that Ange is kind of using as well about, look, straight for kick-off, just try and get up that part and get a goal because they'll kind of still be resting their, their laurels, their wee, their wee heart will be beating a wee bit faster. Do you get what I mean? Things like that, a bit vul- or maybe a bit vulnerable. When we kind of, it's just, I'm just showing out there, like, I, I, I don't know much about Bobo Glick, but their three-one leg mark. Do you think maybe we might see a defensive approach by them, or will they go off oh, attackers the way they I, did? I think they'll just play the exact same way as they played the other night. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, I think they're maybe. Well, I don't know much about them either, Paul. But eh, I think maybe their managers a bit a bit like Ange. It's like that's Not the way. Aye, aye, that's yeah. the way we play football. But no matter kind of who we're playing, that's who we are going. To, that's the way we're going to approach the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, look, we'll be back again on in, in night because uh, the kickoff is an early kickoff. We'll be back on night for a match reaction with myself and Mark. Uh, that time Terrence. up already? That half eight? I didn't think that was as late as that, but. Terence, if you're around night boy, you're more than welcome to join us. Um, thanks to Terence for joining us. Thanks to you, lads, and uh, the live chat. Uh, it's always great for, for you to give your feedback to us uh, and, and the topics we talk about and get your suggestions. 
uh, discussed as well. Uh, Karen's want to say anything before we go about? No, just as usual. Thanks very much for everything, lads. Always enjoyable. Hope roll on Thursday, and hopefully it is talking about a victory in Celtic through to the next round. Is 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 going to Norway? Do we know? It's Robbie. We'll have to find out when we get him on the podcast. Ah, we'll try and call him again with the answer. Aye. Aye. You know, we've been brought up with a game personal data and like recording people that they don't know they're live on air. I know, I know. <laughs> How does that keep popping up? Just so everybody just so everybody in the chat knows that. We get warnings mm-hmm. popping up saying we need to tell you this has been recorded and will be broadcast. <laughs> I don't I, 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 terms, I don't know why it's just that's the recent thing it just seems to have started in it, Paul. Do you not see it terms on the Skype page, no? No, not in not in the not in the one I've no, I've only just got obviously shows your shows your uh Paul's name, my name and your kind of uh, well, like see like when I phone when I phone Paul just at the start before we go near and that this pops up. So I thought maybe you were seeing it as well, just so you no, need to it, tell people. It just says, it just says on top, it says, Ed is using a device that could record or broadcast. Yeah, that's phone. new, yeah, that's new, yeah, that's new, of the, the postal data. That's, so that's always on my phone, no? That's yeah. always been there. Yeah, it's always been on my phone. And then it says underneath it, it says, Ed is a shady bollock. Maybe <laughs> you, you might need to get glasses. Oh my God, that's been on the channel. I'm glad we're doing this, we're doing this since February. We have been thought that till you're <laughs> Uh, Mark, we Right, thanks very much, Paul. Terms, brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on again. Everybody that joins the live chat, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you know, uh, hit the like button. If you know how, it's, uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't. And if you know how to leave a comment, please do, because it helps us get up the algorithm on YouTube. Thanks very much, lads. Heal, heal. Good night and God bless. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Boz and Bovo podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.